Lara, great to have you back on the show. I love one of the phrases you have in your notes, which is that the FOMC meeting this week was like the market learning, it's going on a diet plan. What do you mean by that? So this has been a really big disconnect for markets and the Fed framework review that they gave us a couple of weeks ago, right? I think we were all expecting some big revelation that would give us a real action plan going forward. So I call the framework, right, the diet plan. And the FOMC meetings are supposed to be some new recipes to help us achieve our diet plan, right? Or maybe a new exercise strategy. Either way, we didn't get it. Basically, what the Fed said was, gee, we'd love to lose 10 pounds, but as far as changing how things are going day to day, we're just going to keep with, you know, watchfulness, rates at zero, which we've had. And we know that those things really haven't helped get us to our target, which is mm. inflation at or above 2%. Mm. Now, the, uh, I like the point here about more specific details on maybe if there's going to be something new and exciting to generate that type of inflation. I got into a little bit of a Twitter debate this week saying that the Fed meetings now are kind of more like for the academic and Fed wonks. And it's very interesting stuff if that's your cup of tea. But it feels like the bazooka days are gone. Alara, is that another way to put this? Is that a, a reasonable way to view it? I think that you've actually hit the nail on the head there because I talked to a lot of people about what the Fed can do from here. And when you talk to the Fed, they say things that sound really action-oriented, like forward guidance. The truth is, when I sit around the dining room table with my in-laws and we talk about rates falling, that's actionable. They can go out. They can refinance their mortgage. They can use that money to yes. spend money on their houses or improve things or consume. But when I say to them that the Fed is now going to you know, use forward guidance, I get a blank stare back and they just ask me to pass the wine. So, you know, all that to say that, you know, the market has, I think, really been hoping for something more from the Fed. They've been hoping for uh, proactivity, for more prescription. And what they're getting is the Fed, I think, acknowledging that there are big challenges, putting a lot of pressure on Washington to get more fiscal stimulus done. But at the end of the day, they're saying, listen, we've done a lot. We've given markets a lot. Now it's up to other people to pick up the baton. And I think that has markets a little bit nervous now. Uh, really well said. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. I was giving the example a couple years back. I was in a bar talking with someone I just met who said they wanted to buy a new restaurant and said, hey, I know rates are only going down from here. You know, a pretty easy way to understand the direction of things. Now it's not quite as clear. Are markets then going to move more closely with the developments on the economy? Should we expect uh, good eventually to be good again, bad to be bad, or is there still too much Fed-driven froth uh, kind of built up within the trade specifically that's been the NASDAQ and high valuation stocks? You know, those high valuation stocks make sense, right? I mean, we have interest rates so low to a large degree, I think, you know, areas in the market which are, you know, clearly pricing in severe challenges and dislocation going forward. We've got that. From here on in, I think over the next month and a half, we're going to be dominated by the continued developments on the fiscal front. We're going to be dominated by news on the election. Clearly a lot of volatility being priced in around Election Day and then for volatility to stay elevated after the election. I think that's going to become a focus. 
we could very easily see yields falling if markets get to, you know, get even more nervous about how that's going to shake out. But at the end of the day, I think the economic data is going to start being a little more squishy. Mm. Some stuff is going to be better. You're not going to get the giant, you know, hey, an extra million jobs upside surprises. I think the gains are going to be there, but they're not going to be a sprint. They're going to be more of a crawl. Okay, now, because there's a crawl and not a sprint, um, I, I, I want to keep that in mind because your point in the notes, you say there's not a great historical precedent in terms of following a pattern for, for stocks, maybe the market as a whole. What about when the Fed stopped cutting last year, uh, Lara, when Powell said, hey, that's enough, trade war kind of fizzled out, there was a deal, and we saw bond yields start to lift off, NASDAQ kind of got shaky, and some of the expensive stuff faded, but we really had to move in bond yields this time, so if we are sluggish and not quick, does that precedent not work? Yeah, I, I think I don't think it does apply well, and I think that's the, that's the issue, right? Because we look back at that entire rate hike cycle that we got in 2015 to 2018, you know, under the new framework, the Fed would be holding rates at zero. So should, you know, two years from now, three years from now, we really get growth at a steady two and a half percent. We get the unemployment rate back down to five percent, four percent. I feel like that's a long way from where we are right now, but should we get all of that? You're going to get the yield curve steepening, but from such a low level, I think at that point, equities are going to be really reacting to a rotation out of what they've seen. So I, you know, I like your comments leading into this. The rotation often gives people room, you know, some, some cover. Uh, at the end of the day, um, the gains that we've seen in the broad indices are so lopsided there's still room for active management in that, but I just don't know if you're going to get the headline index mm. doing that melt up like it's been doing. And Lara, I like the uh, connection across the asset classes. I want to come back to a, a Fed-specific question before we let you go here. And again, this is kind of more maybe on the uh, just kind of academic side or thinking about the way monetary policy works. But your point is that based on the new plan the Fed has laid out, we wouldn't have had the hikes that we had from 15 to 18. I think many would probably argue, especially the ones in, in 18 that came around, a lot of volatility. Are we at risk, though, that um, going forward, things get too loose? Should we really expect the Fed to be able to abide by what they've laid out? Is there any risk associated with the diet plan that they have uh, laid out that maybe it won't go down as they uh, expected to? There's absolutely a risk, but I think it's going to come from a direction we don't anticipate. Examples include the fact that the Fed has moved so far outside of their traditional lane that we could actually see uh, politics call them on the carpet, much as they did after the Great Recession. Um, you know, there's, I think, a lot of questions to be asked in the wake of the election as to what the new, you know, we have some appointments coming down the road for the FOMC. The bottom line is that if the economy overheats and we get inflation, we know how to fight that. The real risk is that the Fed causes some unintended asset bubble because they just don't uh, have the right tools or they're trying to move too far outside of their lane to fight a real problem, which is low structural growth and low structural inflation.